0: Can I just say, Nathan, that is a phenomenal jersey. You like it? I love it. Where'd you get it, by the way? Because I Bro, like, they I'm just announced so glad. it as well. So.
1: I'm so glad that you asked. Yeah, they did just announce it. For those who don't know, who are just listening to this, I'm wearing the new Ajax Bob Marley kit, which I think I've worn on this pod before. Because it's absolutely gorgeous. Of all the stunning kits that I have here, yeah, it's definitely in the top five of the nicest ones that I have. And you want to know where I got it that's interesting Because, yeah. brethren we're actually sponsored by a website called elmont Youthsoccer.com
0: That's phenomenal so they sell they sell those jerseys and by they the way you wait absolutely do that they, don't, they wouldn't have the birds allowed in the Champions League would the birds be allowed at Elmont Youth Soccer?
1: Can't believe it I bought this jersey from elmont Youthsoccer.com and they have included the three little birds on the back of the jersey so Beautiful. it's about as good quality as you can get. Guys, when you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and use the promo code TJW10 at checkout, you're going to help support the show. You're going to save some money. You're going to look good. And you're going to start building your own jersey wall collection. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter promo code TJW10 at checkout to start building your very own jersey wall collection. And hey, start it off with this Ajax Bob Marley collab because it's about the coolest jersey we've ever seen. The return of the champions and so too the spoken word. This year surely promises to be absolutely absurd. Coming fresh off the best window in years, shock moves and homecomings either way brought tears. The King kicks us off, we're under CR7 rule, we'll witness him tomorrow, take young boys to school. Chelsea got their striker, now opposition beware, as the blue boys hold their crown. So challenge if you dare. The draw was as expected. It's narrative FC. Storylines handcrafted like in WWE. Barcelona versus Bayern to avenge the 8-2. Teams on opposite ends of the spectrum. So don't expect something new. Man City versus PSG. This was no fluke. Calling it right now. The winner comes out of this group. City's road to victory. Could be an easy fix. Much to Pep's regret playing Sterling and no six. Liverpool versus Milan. Inter host Real. Real inter looking solid and holland on the prowl this year will be special i hope i piqued your intrigue it comes back tomorrow the uefa champions league boom boom ladies and gentlemen as always thank you hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast welcome to episode number 108 of the jersey wall podcast how'd you like that one brother
0: that was, I think, that might have been your best one so far. I think um, you say yeah, that yeah. after
1: all of them <laughs>
0: because you just keep improving. It's like Fast and Furious. I haven't seen Fast Nine, so I can't speak to that. So um, Fast Nine was the worst one. <laughs> Fast,
1: Fast Nine was the worst one since the second one. All right. Well, I hope so episode I hope it was better. Is much better. Than yeah, this me one. yeah, me too. Me too, dude. <laughs> anyway, that was my little tribute to that. Let's dissect this for a second before we even get in. Because let's my, do dude, it. I. Wrote this faster than you might have than you might have thought. Like I only had about three stanzas in here before um, you text me man saying, "Hey, can stanzas. we do this at 4.30? Man, that's what they're called.
0: Yeah, I know. It's do we not know the lingo? Is this? No, I know yeah, this, bro. Story. What I'm talking about?
1: <laughs> oh man, I'll have you know, I'm entering a poetry contest. Not for these, but I should just submit all these. Just like it's a zip <laughs> file. Just like here's all the footy ones that I've done. Boom. No, nice. not guys welcome to the podcast i'm excited tomorrow marks the return of the uefa champions league and so you know what this episode is going to be about today we are going to preview that glorious competition uh and we're going to recap what happened across europe this weekend but the focus surely has to be on how exciting the upcoming tournament is dude
0: it's going to be so sick can we
1: we got to talk about the draw right
0: we have to because it's always it's always first and
1: foremost yeah, it's definitely fixed. We know this, right? Like, there's no beating around the bush here. We all know, and we all kind of agree to the fact that it's you like, it's just know. unspoken. Yeah, UEFA knows that we know. We know that, you that UEFA they knows. know that we know. <laughs> yeah. right? But together, we all just pretend because we're just too excited to care, right? Yeah. The fact is, we're okay with all these constructed narratives because we want to see those narratives, right? So it's obviously not a coincidence. It's just the way it rolls do you want to do a little bro talk segment before we do champions league today? Or do you want to just dive right into it?
0: I think it's because such a meaty conversation. We should just dive right into it and I'm sorry for everyone else, but I'm sure we're going to have, you know, there's another, um, there's another uh, what's it called an international window coming up. So we're going to be diving deep into bro talk. then. That's right.
1: Yeah. Then we can do a, a double, a double session of bro. Yeah. Talk. Maybe we just won't even do, we won't even discuss Yeah. Let's it just even. do an,
0: like a, like a genuine bro talk segment.
1: Yeah, we got cool episodes coming up. I want to do a a review um, about the leaked FIFA 22 cards, right? Mm Because a lot of those are coming out. And I want to do like, you know, who are the best cards? Who's going to be the most fun to use in uh, in FIFA 22? But that's down the road, man. Right now, we got to talk about what's going on. So, let's discuss this. As we've said this, Everton have wrapped up their victory against Burnley, which matters zero to our (laughs) discussion today. It just happened to be the first game that I saw when I opened up the app. Uh, brethren, the way that I would like to do this today is we are going to go through it group by group. A all the way to H. And then we can discuss the the, the fixtures as they come up.
0: Okay? I like it. Let's do it.
1: So the first game of group A, or the teams rather that are in it, it's Club Bruges. Yeah. And don't worry, it gets a lot better from here. <laughs> Man City, PSG and RB Leipzig. Now, I want to hold this discussion with you because I want you to criticize or finally get it off your chest. Yes, it feels like City have a harder group. I know we were kind of jokingly discussing this uh, a couple weeks back when the draw was officially unveiled. Um, can you air your grievances for me and tell me a little bit about what exactly you have the problem with this group is?
0: My, I don't have a problem with this group. My, The only problem I've had is that historically, the, your luck quote unquote luck in group stages before has finally caught up and you finally have a challenging group. And I'm not going to say it's a difficult group because it's Man City. So we all we all know that the favorites to come out of this group are City and PSG. You can take your pick in one and two, but those are the two glaringly obvious good sides in this pack of little four here. Um it's just good to see challenging group fixtures for you because so far it's been Shakhtar and and you know FC and, and all of those ones prior to that for the last four and five years, you only slip up in quarterfinals and last sixteen and even last year you got to the final so that was that was obviously good because like that was your first ever um so it's a great achievement but you always get the difficult fixtures later on, which means that you're you're able to, relax a little bit midweek and grab those early wins in the beginning of the, of the uh, Premier League. I know you're shaking your head, so I'm not even going to have this. And you know what I shaking should be? Head. You know what I should have right now is Joe. I need Joe by my side because I, you not, guys because can double team me, triple
1: team me. Let me make my
0: argument. Here, okay? make Let your me your make argument, my okay. case. Make right? your case like City made their case when you make it it get out of a ban. Come on. Okay, let's do it. <laughs>
1: If I will extend this offer to you, imagine your team is as good as Man City's team, both in terms of depth and quality of players. Okay. Cool. All right. K- Historically, there's always usually a team like we all know City are going to go through their group first. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It depends. PSG happened to blow it in the league, so they were in pot two. Really, this should have been Lille in this group, and then no one would have said anything either. It still would have been City or the the cakewalk group, even though they got the runners up in the Bundesliga and uh and Don't the, the say champions that. of France Don't say that. no that's that's what they happened lost, right
0: they lost their two center backs I'm manager, gonna make the, I'm okay.
1: gonna make this cool. argument okay, I'm gonna okay, make this okay, argument okay. right that, that's All what right. I'm saying I'm not disagreeing All with you I Let's know Leipzig it. are not nearly as strong as they were last year because they lost their manager their best center back and their captain investment midfielder. so I understand this and I'm not looking at this game like oh city are just going to power through them because yes. We don't know whether or not they're going to use a back three. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so this is a whole thing, right? We have to find out um, they're not playing Liverpool. It's a, it's a whole thing. Right now, I think, I believe Jesse Marsh is the manager of RB Leipzig. And so they're in kind of a transitional period because they've lost their manager and they've got another good one in. But the roulette like of that, managers right? in the Bundesliga, yeah, has, has caused a bit of, like, unless you're Bayern Munich, basically it's caused everyone else to kind of, stir their tires a yeah, little yeah right where they're like yeah hey, let's try to figure out what's going on with all of our new managers if you knew your squad was as good as man city squad right now and you had to play and you had to play psg so you know that game's not gonna be easy win lose or draw and the second best team in the group was either how far is leipzig from man city fr- from manchester a couple hundred kilometers
0: i have no idea but maybe sure.
1: Couple, probably a couple hundred kilometers okay. right and you knew you were very, very likely going to win unless something goes catastrophically wrong or traveling 3,000 kilometers to the war-torn side of Ukraine to play a team who are also champions in their league, who have, you know, who again are not going to beat you. But the environment's going to be harder. It's going to be more miles
0: on your team. Who would you rather play? For me, it doesn't matter because you've got, you you can field three teams and it wouldn't matter. You would always win. For me, Shakhtar.
1: I'll tell you why it matters. I'll tell you why it matters to me. I don't like this argument that like, oh, you're playing Shakhtar, so it's so it's, so it's, a, it's a given. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's City, an easy bro. game.
0: I'm not saying it's an easy every, game.
1: Every team's going to be a given. So I'd way rather play the team that's going to be conventionally harder that we should be beating anyway rather than traveling literally thousands of kilometers to go beat the, the team that, that we're going to beat either way because it's going to be harder on the players to play on a rougher pitch. It's going to be a way longer distance, and we all know like realistically – Pep's not going to start his, even if he does start his B team, they're still going to have quality players who are going to feature on the weekend. So if I can spare the long distance, bro, give me the shortest trip. I fully back my team to beat anybody, even how take PSG, which will be a hell of a game.
0: Oh, okay. I just think that you're underestimating how much rotation would actually happen and has actually happened. Yes. Some people will play midweek and and the weekend as well, but you look at the fixtures, sometimes it works out, and then you can afford to rest nine of that 11 or eight of that 11. And that obviously matters a whole lot because if you're coming up against West Ham in 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 the weekend and you know that it's going to be the same 11, you can afford to rest your best players because you know that the people stepping on are going to be Ferran Torres and Bernardo Silva and et cetera, et cetera. And you're still going to start you know Ruben Diaz and Ederson, but the rest of the team can pretty much rotate.
1: I understand, bro. We got tremendous, you know, depth and and tremendous quality in our rotation. But if City are going to win either way, which you'd expect them to, I'd way rather take the shorter trip because why am I going to have to send my squad all the way across Europe for a game? I understand that argument. And then three days later, come back.
0: That's the thing. I understand that argument. I would give it to you. If you were, to be honest, I mean, City at the moment, with some of the positions that are kind of depleting aka striker so that's the sum is one and then probably left back as well um i would understand that if you're looking at those two positions specifically but you know historically in the and by historically i mean within the last five years you haven't had that problem so
1: no but what we also have to remember is this has been that was a different time in cities you know it's been up and down yeah it's been mostly up for city over the last five years and if we look at if we take the man city of it all out of it and we just examined the groups as what they're supposed to be, which is English champions versus runners up in the the in France, or versus the yeah the runners up in France versus the, up the in second place or third place team in Germany. Realistically, it should be a harder group. It's just that City are so much better than all the other teams that we don't really consider that. There was a time a few years ago, you remember, when Man City had in their group, Juve and Real Madrid. Why? Because City were like the fourth best team in England, right? Well, so they would get the harder year. group. But now that City are at a point where they're consistently winning the league, they're never going to have the most conventionally group of death type group because realistically, the only way that can happen is if top teams in other leagues mess up horribly to end up in the lowest
0: because That always happens because you're always going to have a Spanish team in part two and you're always going to have, and by a Spanish Mm -hmm. team, I mean, you're always going to have one of Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid in part two. And you're always going to have um, one of, AC Milan, Juventus, Roma, and Inter Milan in part two, and one of Dortmund and Leipzig. Um, so you, obviously you're going to have a, the other top four English teams, but those you can't draw those. You can't draw a team from the same country in the first round anyway. Right. So I understand yeah. you won't get those, but you're always going to have one of those.
1: You are, and and we happen to get. I, I don't know if Club Bruges were like a direct qualifier, if they had to play through some qualifying. I think Belgium uh, might have to qualify. To make it.
0: I think yeah, the Belgian but league has to play qualifiers. I'm not sure. We got I guess you'd
1: say the best team in Belgium. No, <laughs> you, can saying, yeah, but you can make an argument all I'm saying. Yeah, you can make an argument. It doesn't argument really sure. matter. The the narrative, the story coming out of this group and that's why I didn't men- I didn't mention City versus Leipzig in this uh in the group. Leipzig semi-finalists, if we remember a couple of seasons ago, much worse team now, right? They they yeah, we yeah. don't realistically expect many teams to beat Man City even in the Champions League. You know, until we get to the later stages, because that's that's what City have to do to shake that narrative. You remember, I I asked for bigger challenges earlier on because I like when City have to deal with adversity. I think it makes the team better when they're forced to deal with strong competition. Sure. That's the
0: point of the Champions League, right? Like you always right. want to play the biggest teams to test yourselves against the biggest teams and to see what levels you need to go up more. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's that's why I'm okay with this with this group, and that's why Joe as well was okay with this group. If I can speak for him directly, um, and, and that that's just been our problem for the last few seasons. And if if you're saying that that you want your team to be challenged, then surely this is a nice change of pace. And if you're saying that, then that's an acknowledgement of. <laughs> the bum groups that you've had over the last two or but three like years. Well, like I said,
1: that's just because the, we happen to get PSG this year because they happen to finish second. Realistically, if they had done their jobs and won the league, this would have been Lille who finished second, and then we wouldn't be having this discussion. It would have been, oh, City are getting farmers again, where it's like, dude, this is the the French runners-up who PSG are, <laughs> minus this massive rebuild, and and <laughs> Leipzig, who are, exa- who are in the same position, right? So it's like City are always going to play as the number one team in pot – whatever in in whatever pot they're in i guess one right yeah the the second best and the third best teams of adjacent leagues city are just so much better that it doesn't make it look competitive because i'll tell you why if we swap out city with like man the top. i can't i was gonna make an argument i don't even know if i can the top four in england is so competitive this year i was gonna say sub out another uh like for another team yeah you're talking about it still is like You'd still probably fancy you know them to be clear favorites ahead of Leipzig. And it's really no disrespect to Leipzig. It's just like, dude, last the, year's there Leipzig, are some juggernauts challenge. right now. Yeah in the Premier League. So yeah, I want to touch last on year,
0: exactly. I want to touch on the fact that you said that you think say is gonna be PSG. Can you just explain to me? Yes. Okay. No, I brought up the confidence. Listen, okay, I understand that way. it's possible. I understand that there's a chance. Um and I understand that a lot of PSG hasn't been seen yet because of chemistry, and clearly right. Pep is better than than Pochettino, um, and he knows his team a lot more. So all of those points go in your favor. I just think that, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead on this. Tell me on that. You know, and you and kind of just criticize. disarmed
1: me here. You can't really ask a question and then acknowledge all the points. You kind of just disarmed me. Like, yeah, bro, for all those reasons, right? I I would think that in terms of quality, City were runners up in the Champions League last year. And because Pep overthinking it, I, and we can think whatever we want. If city went with their, who most people would have believed their strongest 11 as it's laid out, Rodri playing at the six Phil Foden playing on the left wing city would have won the Champions League and Chelsea fans could disagree with that. I'm going to hold true to that because it's, it's kind of my catch 22. My Schrodinger's cat. We'll never know because we didn't see it, but based on what we had seen and took might have peps number. That's a whole other discussion, but there's a stronger case that if City had played the eleven that we thought would have been their strongest. It would have been a much more even would game. Have, It would have been more even, right? Because the only goal they conceded was because they didn't have a six playing there, right? Yeah. That, that's the argument. The game could have planned out however else. But City are one of, as we know, the strongest teams in Europe. Point blank, right? PSG are newly assembled and have brought in some superstars, some monsters, who are expected to win everything, including the Premier league, even though they don't play in that league, right? The expectations are sky high on PSG and they haven't even played together yet. Like Messi has not started a game yet. Neymar has not, I don't think started a game, least of all with Messi. And I'm sure that they'll rekindle the, their chemistry awfully quickly because great players find a way to play well with great players, right? It's just, it is what it is. The way that I see you remember a couple weeks ago we were discussing whenever city lose, it's the exact same way.
0: I was just, I was it's I was so going to bring rare. that up because body yeah. like you were saying was tearing through them again, and if you're doing that with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, that that's why I was kind of wanting you to try and perhaps and pick all your team and see where they can falter.
1: Yeah, well, th- this is just it. the The way to beat City is pretty clear, right? Is to is to play kind of compact yeah. and and hold back, and then and then try to hit them on the counter. And Mbappe is faster than. Oh, him versus Kyle Walker will be fun to watch, but I think Mbappe yeah. is faster than everybody, especially if he doesn't have the ball, right? If they're both running for a ball, I think Mbappe beats him there. Um, but I I wonder with how PSG have shifted here, I'm sure Pep, like, it It, it makes me question PSG a little bit to think, is Pochettino really going to have his his superstar transfer window this side, not play possession? Because if that's the case... I think we can beat the crap out of PSG, right? Like, you, like they have so much offensive firepower. If they're good, just going to try to defend and hold on to it, well, then we're really – Mbappe and Neymar and Messi are not going to help with that. Hakimi is barely a defender. And same with the, with Nuno Nuno Mensch, right, who's my boy, the Portuguese left-back who, who they signed on loan. So their fullbacks are fantastic. Their front three are fantastic. At doing what? At providing unreal offensive play. If they're forced to defend, we're really only – that's not that – hard, really, because we're not playing through this entire team. We're playing through a very small portion of it, but this is why I bring this up. Are PSG going to be that team to change that and say, no, City, there is more than one way to beat you. We can out possession you. We can outplay you, and we can batter you guys. If that's the case, as we know with City's squad this year, it's not as direct as it once was. It's not the days of Leroy Sané and, and Raheem Sterling on, on, their, on the wings of their respective foot in which case I would have said have possession because I got Sané and Sterling and they're going to cry. And Aguero is the focal point. We'll yeah. tear you guys up on the counterattack. Now I'm not so sure. Right, Our front three is that
0: fast. Yeah, you complicate it right? too much.
1: Which means I don't know if City are going to try to hit PSG on the break. I just wonder how brave PSG will be in trying to outplay City instead of sitting back. Because I think if they sit back, City are just going to do what they do and beat everybody else. But if PSG managed to find a way to hold on to that to, to just compact the midfield, that we can't do anything. Oh my You're God. saying that Most like years.
0: they can't start a midfield of Herrera, Verratti, and, and Drissagana Gay or Danilo, Herrera, Drissagana Gay. It doesn't matter. Like they've got so doesn't many matter. CDMs. Verratti, that's the thing. Verratti is more than capable of controlling that midfield Verratti's and then spraying the balls forward. Mm-hmm. So if they play Verratti and have runners around him, uh, I think they can cope and, and play on the counterattack. I don't think they need the whole possession. Like that. That's I, what I'm I saying. don't think like, so
1: either. That's what I'm saying. But I'm worried. I wonder if they're going. If if in will really look at the squad and be like, eh, still shouldn't do it against Man City. Like we should still try to be standoffish because I don't think those players want to play that system. I and I could be wrong because I'm. I'm and Bob Pace is the best player in the world right now on playing off the shoulder of the defender because he's faster than all the defenders. But I still have those concerns, and I think that City will find a way to break through PSG should they play in that in that you know defensive style because i i just don't think their players are used to being that i think they're used to having the play and dictating the pace and so yeah. but i like i was just saying there like towards the end of my of my argument if PSG can find a way to just stay compact like ramos can just keep everybody tight and it's Marquinhos, and everyone then you got PSG, navas as well yeah and kampembe and donnarumma never mind keller navas then we start to say, okay, well, if City can't break through, City can get absolutely lit up here on the counter because, you know, especially if it's, if it's Messi and Mbappe, like, dude, oh, my God. I
0: mean, I think Pochettino needs to, needs to give a phone call to Tommy Tickles right now because if he can upgrade the defense of Rudiger, Azpilicueta, and who is it, Zuma that they play? And then, mm. I mean, no, no longer Zuma, obviously, because he's not right. no longer there, but whatever. Now um, it's
1: Trepa. Trepa. Right, Chalaba, Yeah. From London to freaking
0: Kimpembe, Marquinhos, and Sergio Ramos. Like that's that's ridiculous, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then you've got l- the long lanky goalkeeper and Donnarumma oh. to replace Mendy's mm-hmm. position, then and Verratti to just be the Jorginho player in there. Like it's very doable for, for uh for PSG. It's just whether Pochettino actually has the stones to do that. Um and to be able to tell Neymar and Mbappe and Messi, like, listen, guys, trust me, I've played this team before. I've beat them with a worse, much worse team than you guys um, in Spurs. So just trust me on this one. We'll just get through these two games and then we'll control the other two games easily.
1: That's, that's what I wonder. Yeah. I'm excited to see, like, and we had so many questions when PSG assembled this team, we're like, you know, what are they actually going to do? Like their first real test in this competition will be, playing the, the runners-up from last season and predominantly perennial favorites to win this competition, even though they've fallen short so many times. So I wonder what kind of style, how they're going to line up and how they're going to play. But even, I wouldn't be surprised with with it going either way. I just think Pep has done a good enough job at convincing me he can limit those those spaces for exposure. And every defender will be way more aware of how threatening PSG can be. Yeah, And if City decide to be standoffish... And try to let PSG break them down. Again, I have to think that would about, be the smart transitioning on the counter. Yeah. But with how far their fullbacks are up the pitch, like there could be a lot of space. And if De Bruyne's back playing, yeah. dude, I like City. That would you know, be the smartest to, move
0: from De Bruyne to Foden to, that, to yeah. Jesus
1: back post. I could see that counter literally all day.
0: I think to be honest, even if they get one point between the two games, um, mm. I don't think that would be a bad thing for PSG. Obviously, it would be bad. In the small picture, but in in the big picture, I think City posed the biggest threat to to PSG. And if they end up meeting in the knockout rounds later, then they have that experience in knowing how City are going to play. And that's not going to change. We've already seen Hmm. that. Um, And even if they finish second in that group, I think they're so far ahead. Anyone else that's going to finish top of the other groups that they would comfortably win their round of 16 game. And I don't think that PSG would really suffer that much if they finish second in this group.
1: Yeah, I just that's that I'm not sure about because I wonder at what point the stones start to crackle a little bit. And we said, Oh no, this isn't the super team we thought it was, right? It's like, very, I wonder if that with was these it. egos,
0: it's very fragile.
1: Yeah, and, and last year, you remember PSG, like when it just wasn't going their way for them, they just threw a fit. Like, they were just such hissy. Yeah. They're just and they started trying to get themselves sent off like for red cards and stupid things like that.
0: Yeah, you it know, doesn't happen when Sergio Ramos comes last year, team. right? Like, Nothing well, that's, that's what I'm
1: saying now. Right now, you have, and you added um, not just Ramos, who's like the best captain, one of the best captains ever, but the mentality monster of Genie Vinaldum, too, who is not going to just get pushed around either. Right. Like, I hope, yeah, same with Messi for their sake. I, I don't think that Man City, I think this is a fair assessment to, to kind of end out um, this group in this discussion. I don't think that Man City are the kryptonite to PSG. I think that it's actually Chelsea <clears throat> who fit that yeah. mold. Right. But we can discuss them a little bit later. Okay. Final predictions for Group A: Who you have one and two, and then I guess three. Like, just go through the list.
0: I would go with, um, you know what? I will go with City top, PSG second, Leipzig then Club Brugge, and yeah, we may be disrespecting Club bruges by not mentioning them, but it is mm-hmm. what it is. You know, I mean, there are levels to this yeah. game, and sometimes sometimes you can get you can nick a position against leipzig or something like if they spot weakness and the club bridge like we're all sleeping on them then yay i mean that's the better for us um even against us man like it could be like if any if
1: any club goes it's a champions league level competition right so if any team goes out there not expecting a champions league level team they could lose and that's just simple as sure right that is very true um i will i'll agree with your order though i think and I'm gonna back my boys to to go top, but of course I'm not gonna be surprised if PSG go on and literally go 38. No, Ohio you gotta back your team mate. the Champions League too. You yeah, have to I'm gonna team. back my team. You you know that. Um, as for as far as I see the game going tomorrow, uh, I'll just touch on this quickly. Man City versus Leipzig. Leipzig have not been in great form, and they really got torn apart against Bayern, and that would have been the time yeah. for them to send a message. They're like, no, we're still here. Um, I, I just don't think they are at Leipzig are going to perennially be this team. And I'm thrilled with the work that they've been able to do and how quickly they've come up like through the Leipzig family. And it's been through tremendous funding, but they've used their money intelligently to recruit players and continue to to produce um, top level players. And I think they've done that and they've probably got a little bit worse this window. Cause they happen to lose their two best center backs
0: One and, their manager.
1: The, the, and their manager and their captain for pennies. But Leipzig are always thrilling to watch, um, and they always pose a threat, especially if you are not going to play um, as alert as possible because they are going to be high-pressed. They are going to be charging at you. They are going to be trying to be in your face as much as possible, and I think City can play through that pretty comfortably because they're, I would say, used to it. Like I feel like most of the City players are press-proof. Yeah. But again, like with this kind of team, I, I'm—I that's why I love this competition. I want to see the most exciting games imaginable. That's true. Let's let's move on now to Group B. Let's do it.
0: So, who do we have in, in group no B,
1: particular maybe? order? Yeah, let me tell you who's in it, no particular order: Milan, Atletico Madrid. Porto and Liverpool, and obviously I put Liverpool last on purpose, even though I said <laughs> in no particular order. This is not the the way that I see the group playing out. I just wanted to mention them last because I hate them. Let's talk about this group, and you can. I'll let you take the lead here. Do you want to preview specific fixtures, or just how you see the group playing out altogether?
0: Um, I just want to say that I. The, the injury to Javier was terrible, and I like rivalries oh. aside. I hope he's okay, and that he recovers terrible. quickly. And now that we've praised Liverpool enough, uh, we can just say yeah, that, that's <laughs> That's that's all I have um, to say. Yeah. How do you I, think? I want to second. That. Yeah. How do you think Atletico will do now that Griezmann's back? Do we do we see Atletico's Griezmann back?
1: I'm so glad you asked me this. Um, listen, you know how I feel about Simeone at at Atletico Madrid. I think he's he's overstaying his day a little bit. Um, I think it's harsh to sack a manager who won you the league. I just think it's it you have to know when it's time to let go and embrace what your squad is becoming. And what Atletico Madrid are starting to become with their influx of talented offensive players and two-way midfielders and how good their defensive, their their defensive system and players are defensively. Is a team that can achieve a lot more than they are, and I know they just won the the, the uh, La Liga last season. Yeah, and they could—they're probably still the strongest team in La Liga this season, to be quite honest. But I can just have this little bit of an underwhelming feeling, and if Simeone can just kind of slum out one 0 wins to to progress far into this competition in conventional Simeone style, then I see yep. it. Maybe I have a little bit of resent me, uh, resentment inside me because I can't stand seeing Joao Felix just rot away in this pecking order <laughs> where he's not even the third choice uh, no, center forward or striker. Slipping. I want to see Joao Felix flourish and blossom and become the player that I think we all know he can be and expect him to be. But in terms of how Athletico Madrid are uh, constructed as you know, currently, and seeing how they've just scraped out a couple of wins in La Liga this season, they haven't been full of conviction just yet. Now, the mark of champions is finding a way to win, right? No matter what's going on, you find a way to win. And they've done that. So I can't really criticize them for that either. I just think that there comes a point in this competition, especially, where the eliteness of some teams will take over. And it's just like last season we saw with Tuchel when he inherited the side, and we go, man, against Atletico Madrid, like, if they get past Atletico, they're going to go to the final. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, right? Like, Atletico Madrid are never going to be an easy game. And sometimes you'll see these absolute master classes. And I hope that as Rodrigo de Paul gets introduced on the weekend, they play like a 3-5-2, which is exciting because it's telling me that Simeone wants to entrust in in different parts of the squad a little bit more. I think there's tremendous upside in Atletico Madrid here. And I would prob. This is probably the group of death too that we should mention, right? Like this is a very competitive. It's a competitive group.
0: group. Yeah,
1: we've seen what happened between Atletico Madrid and Liverpool a few seasons ago. That was, of course, in the knockout rounds. Listen, I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna get from that from the Atletico side, and that's kind of you know what what holds me back from really putting them in that upper echelon of I would agree. Uh, of top teams, even though they're the Spanish champions. But I think at the absolute least, we have to recognize this is a team, this is the best defensive side in Europe, barring maybe Chelsea, Chelsea now that yeah. uh, they have undertook a regime. But offensively, I don't know what kind of Griezmann we're going to get back. He cut his hair, so maybe we're going to get back the, <laughs> the great Griezmann with short hair. On paper, this squad, I should say, and I'll, I'll kind of end my thoughts on them here, should be a semifinal team. Like, and I know that's, that's a lot of expectations. On paper, this team should be that good because they have elite aging, but elite namesake center forwards, great two-way midfielders, and a system that really can't be broken down by very many teams. And Felix, I think that they're one of the best, probably maybe... Top eight teams semis, in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Quarterfinals for sure. Semis even, on paper, I would say, yeah, stylistically they should be getting to the
0: semis. Um, yeah, just competition favors their style. Um, But I would would would
1: probably have them finishing second in this group. I was
0: just going to say that too. I think, I still think Liverpool tops them because I think, I think Liverpool Liverpool are, are yeah, they're, they're obviously way more versatile to beat anyone, like any other type of system. I think Atletico is struggling against Milan and they'll struggle against Porto, even though they probably will win those, those games. They might draw a couple of those, but I think Liverpool, even if they struggle against uh, Atletico Madrid, I think they, they top this group because I think they, easily beat Milan and they easily beat Porto. And that's no disrespect to either of those teams. I just think Liverpool mm. are back to being that good.
1: I'll be honest with you. I actually don't think Liverpool easily beat Milan. I think that they will mm. beat them, but I don't think it'll be easy. I'm actually a really big fan of, of how Milan have started to, well, Frank, <laughs> for sure, you know, I got the jersey here, but who actually missed a penalty unbelievably this weekend. I, I was shocked. I was like, Frank, you don't miss penalty. What are you doing, bro? I'm a big fan, and you know from, from Europa League last season, they've only elevated since They're, then, top. Right? Yeah, they're AC top. Milan are a, a legitimate top Champions League team in Italy, and they're certainly not on Liverpool's level, right? Like, we know the top four in England yeah, is, level is, is at its own standard. Yeah. But I think, while I think AC Milan are the third best team in this, I think that they're going to give everybody, like, really, really competitive and fun games. And could you not see a scenario where Atletico Madrid like just get draws against Milan and Porto, but then beat Liverpool. Absolutely. And you're like, what, what is going Absolutely. on? Like games that you should win, you don't. And yeah. games that you're like, eh, probably not that they end up doing it. Cause that's the only way, bro. 100%. Not. Um, I love how competitive this group is. And I hope I get to see as many games as, as this, as this group has to offer. Remember what Porto were last season, bro. They were no slouch either. They were giant yeah. killers. So um, maybe they repeat that. Who knows? I, Atletico Madrid versus Porto will probably be the most boring game.
0: <laughs> oh, but don't even don't even bother paying. In, like,
1: yeah, yeah, like it'll just be no. You're No, you have the ball. No, 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 you have. Not no, no no, 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 you have the ball. Yeah. Um, that being said, if we can go through the order of how this will go, I would have it. I think just as you do, Liverpool topping the group, uh, Atletico Madrid in second, AC Milan in third, and Porto. Unfortunately for you guys, you guys are crashing out. Milan, once they're over in Europa League, I'm excited to see how their campaign comes back up because I don't actually want anybody to listen to this and think uh, they're not giving AC Milan a proper chance. AC Milan could legitimately be a top two team in this group because they're a very, very good group. And unlike Atletico Madrid, I don't think they're the team who will lose games that they should win and then win games that they should lose. I think they're just going to perform as they should which will be win the games that they're supposed to, they do and lose the games that they're supposed to. I just yeah. think that because they're probably the third best team in this group, they're going to finish third.
0: Yeah, I think quality-wise, we agree on you that, know? and I think we um, we completely agree on the standings in the group. And um, yeah, AC Milan is exactly does exactly what you what it says on the tin. So yeah, completely in agreement with you, or in agreement, All right? Because agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go
1: over to group C now. And this group, we can kind of touch on a little bit quicker. Um, quite frankly, this group and group, uh, which group is it? Group G, I think are just straight up disrespectful. Like, <laughs> hey, man, this is just ridiculous. Okay, some of these groups are just like, okay, really? Like, come on. And it's because <laughs> of the namesake of them. The, the name causes problems sometimes with what these groups should be able to actually accomplish or what they yeah. actually are. Because it's like I was saying in, with the City group. It's like, hey, man, these guys are the champions of this league, and we're just, like, throwing them aside. Ajax, Besiktas, Dortmund, and Sporting. Dortmund are thrilling, okay? Yeah. Besiktas is atmosphere FC. Ajax got the nastiest kids in the competition. And Sporting can go to hell.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> like a true Memphis, eh?
1: yeah they can beat it who, who cares about them <laughs> screw them um listen honestly this group is also hyper competitive that's the thing like no one would look at this group and say group of death but in terms of competition no, it's, it's pretty there, even right it's pretty even it's pretty freaking even because you would think that Dortmund obviously have the best oh, that's like at least the best five players. He's, in this he's group. the difference maker in this group. Dortmund have them, and he'll probably, you know, Dortmund or Holland specifically might have like 15 goals just in this group. Yeah, just stage. in this group, yeah. And and no one would bat an eye, right? He's just going to absolutely tear teams apart. But defensively, Dortmund are terrible, and they are not adjusting well <laughs> to life under <laughs> under Marco Rose, especially in this new like diamond system. Marco, now who? there comes a point, and there's only Marco Rose.
0: Oh, I thought he said Marco, Marco Royce? Royce. I was like. Did he Marco just Rose? I was like, did I just miss madness? No, no, no. Marco the Rose, the manager okay. who they all got right. for
1: ladback from last season. Anyway, he was part all of the, right. the Bundesliga manager. I was like, what the hell, stuff, man? That? Marco Rose is the captain, bro. That's that's yeah. the boy. Um Dorman are like everybody's second favorite team, right? We all love Dortmund, And you know, you know how I feel about my boy Jude Bellingham, right? Four years yeah. playing for the U-21s. I'll be saying that <laughs> when he's 30. I'll never stop saying that. Uh I love so many players on this Dortmund team, as I think most of us. Sonny Olsson
0: also joined.
1: Yeah, but defensively, they're even offensively. Man, like if it's not for if Holland doesn't score, they don't they don't win. No, it. they're gonna find. <laughs> they don't it even themselves. do well. Yeah, right. Like, and that's just straight up what it is. Now, last season, you remember I, I presented this argument of like, what should Dortmund do here? Should they just kind of like? tone back the goals a little bit to limit the amount that they're conceding because you can't win every game 4-3 as much as you might want to and they did this weekend by the way <laughs> or just steer into it and go no you know what win or lose we're going to be leads uh, but actually a little bit not. better and just score all the goals Steer into it. Holland is responsible for all of the goals here but if you take him out of this and we just assess what the rest of these groups are it's actually very competitive yeah. and I think Holland himself will be enough to to get at least like proper tricks against all these teams <laughs> But defensively, Dorman will concede a lot too. Um, Because there's talent across the rest of the group, right? Ajax are are never a team to be taken lightly.
0: No, they're a factory, bro.
1: They are a total factory. Sporting aren't here by accident. They won the league last year, which put them in this group, which is technically, I think they were the best team in in this group on paper. They're supposed to be, right? they're, They're the champions. Technically, they are... Uh, Portugal, Liga Noche, is now a top five league in Europe, ah, and yes. they were the champions of it, right? Yes. So they're technically even better than Lille are <laughs> sporting. Uh, apparently, the way? that's the way that it goes. I don't know. I would never suggest... They've given us really Cristiano and thing, but... Bruno,
0: so I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. That's fair. Damn. <laughs> Still hate them, though. Um, and Nuno you know, Mensch, Don't forget him. Listen, if we're going to, to be serious for a second and actually break down stylistically how these games go, I'll throw it to you how you see them lining up? Because quite frankly, like a bunch of these games, we—it's not even analysis to say, "Oh, Holland's going to score a hat trick." Holland will it's score a-giving. a hat trick. It's a every game. But in terms of Ajax, Besiktas, and Sporting, how do you see those that trio playing out for uh, spots two through four?
0: I, wanna, imagine you have I don't want to be. Right? Yeah, I do, obviously, but I don't want to be so beige and saying it's going to be Ajax, Sporting and Besiktas, but it's going to be Ajax, Sporting and Besiktas, right? Like, <laughs> like, it's it's kind of boring because I, I don't want to be seeming like I'm just putting Ajax there on name, but I am because we know what we're going to get. And even though sometimes you might not know who the players are, you just every once in a while, there's like a 16, 17, 18 year old it just lights up the Champions League. And it's just that's just what Ajax does. Right. So. That's what I'm going to
1: put. And that player always comes from Ajax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. You're right. Um, yeah. Listen, I think that it is a toss-up for this, but I don't want to give too much time to it because, quite frankly, I don't think this is where the, the bulk of our listeners are. If you're looking for, like, betting odds, how you think this table plays out.
0: Just bet a hat-trick on every other game. For
1: I, am, yeah. I can't really bet against Ajax if I'm wearing their jersey right now. Yeah, that's true. So... <laughs> I kind of have to go with them, and I'm sure as I'm never going to wear a sporting jersey. Um, mm-hmm. Nope. So I will say that, but I like sporting men. Sporting, are, spo- listen, objectively, sporting, now they lost Nuno Mendes in the, or Nuno Mendes, that's, and that's a loss uh, in and of itself. And they struggled to score goals at times last year, but they didn't struggle to keep the ball out of the net. So I yeah. would really, like, think that they could keep it in, that they could stay third uh, in this totally. group. But I think that Besiktas have a little bit more gravitas to them. And sporting this season have not been as great as they were last year. Benfica, on the other hand, are smashing. Um, so I'm going to say that Besiktas and Besiktas-Dorman, like both games, both legs of that of those figures, yeah. will be absurd. Yeah. The atmosphere will be ridiculous. It will. I'm going to say that Besiktas are going to finish third. And I'm only going to edge Ajax because I'm wearing their jersey. Fair enough. That's fair. I think that Besiktas could legitimately be the second best team in this group, but I like guys. Dutch champions, talent factory. Let's see what you got, Dutch boys. I'm wearing your jerseys. Don't let me down. Um, Group D with everybody's favorite team. Shakhtar. Oh, yeah? One of the hardest teams to play in Europe. Let me tell you from experience. It's not easy.
0: No, yeah. The trip sucks.
1: (laughs) They produced – the trip does suck. They produced talents that you might know like Fred. Fred.
0: Who, in fairness, All the
1: Brazilians,
0: scored a free kick I, against bro. City. <laughs>
1: I know. Don't dude, I think that we goaded you guys into signing Fred. I think that's what happened. I think, I mean, Pep I I think we that's wanted possible. Rodri. Imagine City possible. if they had Fred as their holding midfielder. Do you know? He would have been <laughs> – Pep would have fired him so fast, dude. He would have like, signed CDM. Yeah, he would have been like, this is just – bro, I – he would have started playing like Zinchenko CDM. <laughs> be like, hey, listen, bro. I mean, Zinchenko, you that's start. Kind of his he put position him at left back. Like, I know anyway. you think so, but he would have said, yeah, this ain't going to work for me.
0: Fred, you I've never suck. seen i I've never, like, I know this is not the, the Fred group, but I've never seen a non Brazilian, a more non Brazilian player. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. A more non non-Brazilian, a Brazilian Brazilian. Yeah. You can't be Brazilian. Yeah. Anyway. No, he
1: doesn't have any of the characteristics that he must be, to, from uh, the, like, the, I, mm. the. See, I was going to say a, a country, just any country, but then I'm i I'm, I'm concerned I'm going to get flagged for making a racist comment. So I was like, I've never <laughs> seen a more, like, insert... T- I'll say Egyptian, just for the hate. Right, the I know you not going to get upset it. with me. A more Egyptian... You must be from the Egyptian part of Brazil. Yeah. Right? Because I was going to just El-Ninia insert that. From. Yeah. It, that's about... That's pretty much the same player. Um, Just one has their hair up and one has their hair down. <laughs> Listen, this group also features... <clears throat>
0: from Moldova. Yeah, Galacticos, FC.
1: <laughs> FC, Sheriff. Now, could I have put in a, a, a joke about something, about a cop or a sheriff in my, in my poem? Probably. Um, but I didn't think anybody would have got that reference no, because, because no yeah. one's ever heard of this team, nope. right? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, to be honest, because it's in Moldova. And I don't know if in Moldova... They, they sheriff is actually pronounced sheriff, or if it's like Sharif, um. You know what's funny? No
0: it's written in Arabic as Sharif, which is a Middle Eastern man's name. So it's just like, who are you playing this this week? Oh, I'm playing Joao. It's the, it's like the <laughs> equivalent of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Joao, bro. Joao. <laughs> Perfect. Um, listen, let's be real. These are not the two teams, bro. But Shakhtar are capable of upsets. Can okay, ask Madrid that from last year. They it's literally Madrid, did upset
0: though. them. Are the two Um, other teams yet in this group?
1: This is a carbon copy of the group from last year, to be quite honest. I don't know who the fourth team was, but it wasn't Sharif. But the other (laughs) three teams were all in this group last year. Um, And we saw how it played out. And so I'm fully going to expect that Shakhtar go to the Bernabeu and just light up Madrid on their own ground. And then Madrid are going to be like, well, we're three games played. I guess we're out. And go, nah, Benzema, (laughs) please save us again. Literally. And then tear it up. Because that seems to be the Madrid strategy nowadays. It's like, hey, Kareem, Kareem, can you help us? And then they do. Kareem, Um, can you beat
0: the other? Let's talk
1: about (laughs) Inter versus. Let's talk about Inter um, versus Real here because Inter got worse since last season. But last season, Inter in the group were terrible. Yeah. Right. So. Is this kind of like the exact same situation for Inter here where we're expecting them to be better, but they're going to be underwhelming? They can't,
0: they can't finish fourth like they did last season. That's that's actually just impossible.
1: Yeah, And that probably helped them to win the league. in this group, that's right.
0: Oh, I forgot. They it probably helped back, them sure to win the league in Italy because they didn't have midweek games anymore all of a sudden come like October. Yeah. But um, they lost Lukaku famously and they also famously lost Ashraf Hakim. So now they're loaded, but they're also broke, so they have to Pay all, pay all those fees, so they don't have anyone of note anymore, and they also lost my man Ashley. <laughs> so yeah, bro. Well, hold on. Let's give let's
1: give credit where credit is due. Okay, they found a manager who replicates a similar system, but way less effectively because sure. nobody's Antonio Conte. They replaced Ashraf Hakimi with Denzel Dumfries, my boy. Last Ed and Jekyll. They replaced they replaced Lukaku with Edin Dzeko, my boy, and they replaced uh, Christian Eriksen, kind of with. Um, with uh, Chauhanoglu from who did the, not, the Milan yeah. divide. The team is not that bad. No, right? it's like, a, let's yeah. be real. The team is not, it's just not what it was. If, if this same squad was managed by Conte, we would still probably be like, yeah, they probably finished second. But last season, they were horribly underwhelming. I would expect them, even though they got worse, to be better than they were last season because totally. now they're playing against Sharif, not against gladback right not against um shaktar but shaktar being capable of upsets actually and how much i've praised them today i can't say i would be surprised or overly surprised if shaktar finished second in this group if they finished any higher i would if oh, come on, yeah. to be honest if they finished any lower i would too right like i wouldn't think shaktar would be like one of the favorites in this group i don't think that they're better than inter least ball on paper but i don't know if Given what Inter have lost, and and the unknown that is Shakhtar, and bro, let me tell you, those flights are a bitch. They're far. They're so far. <laughs> I don't know what Shakhtar's mentality is, and I don't know what Inter, like, how much Inter are looking to avenge that. You know, the 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 poor form of last year. But I think we can all pretty much unanimously agree here: Madrid should be back on top here, right? Like, yeah. there should be. Very, very little discussion otherwise.
0: We can say whatever you want to say. Realistically, if we're all being real, it's going to be Madrid into Shakhtar and Sharif. And if it's anything but, then someone has wildly either overachieved or underachieved. And that's just it. That's fair.
1: That's exactly, that's that's perfectly fair. I, though, keeping it interesting, am going to back my boy uh, Shakhtar because of what I saw them do last season.
0: <clears throat> I know
1: that they're capable of going to, to Madrid. And obviously, they played at the training ground last year. It wasn't at the Bernabeu. But I know from playing them in the group nine years out of, in, in a row that they're, they're, they're something. Okay, they're feisty, those Ukrainian-Brazilians over there. So <laughs> <laughs> they're tough, man. They can't play in their own stadium because it's war-torn right now. Yeah. So you can't question their mentality because they're always going to be there. Um, and and furthermore, fun fact I just remembered: Shakhtar upgraded their manager, didn't they? Right, Roberto De who came over from Sassuolo, who was, who were tremendous
0: overachievers
1: last year. That's pretty um, good. Interesting in, factoid.
0: I did not know that.
1: In Syria, yeah. So I'm actually going to go with uh, with Shakhtar here. And of course, there's no real, you know, consequences of of betting on an underdog because yeah. we're not placing bets here. So if they overachieve, I look great, and if I'm wrong, then it's like, well, of course, obviously, we're going to go through. So I will take this this favorable outlook for me, and I will say that Shakhtar are going to be the ones to go through in second place. Real, I should mention here before people get a little bit too high on them, are still very much under a rebuild. Next summer, are going to be the best team in the world and will probably win the championship <laughs> for ten years because they're going to get Mbappe in Holland and Yuri Tillemans and Wesley Fofana. It's going to be stellar. oh my goodness and Bogut, but right now. Carlo Ancelotti has Vinicius firing, which is fantastic. Benzema is still the hero Ooh. that he always is. Ooh. I know, but okay. Imagine this: we, no one was ever afraid of Vinicius, right? <laughs> because Vinicius had had Raheem Sterling esque levels of end product, right, on a bad day. Bad I don't know why you're saying, right, man, Raheem because Sterling.
0: Raheem Sterling has consistently gotten thirty goals for the last Hold three on. years.
1: That that was a different system. That's when I that was the system that was perfect for him. Now. He's fallen off. So I'm saying the worst version of Raheem Sterling, Liverpool Raheem right. Okay, cool. You know, when he couldn't finish in front of goal. Actually, no, he was better in front of goal than he was in his first, like, two seasons at City, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Um I just think that Vinicius, we've always believed a little bit, and he's still only 21, the potential that he had. And Carlo Ancelotti is a hell of a manager. And if different players and experience and new management can help Vinicius Can kind of take him out of of just being stagnant and actually have him just be elevate and reach his potential. Just be good. He can actually be a good player, man. Like if he imagine Vinicius for what he offers in terms of flash and explosiveness and quickness and agility and all that, and that end product, he'd be like, wow, damn, that's gonna be a problem. I don't think he'll ever be like Mbappe-esque clinical or anything. He's still gonna be replaced in this. Open your eyes
0: and realize that it's still (laughs) Vinicius.
1: Now the other thing is that they just played Salta Vigo, who I've never seen a team defend worse ever in my life. So if there's ever a game, a fresh game to keep in my mind for Vinicius to look good, it was against Salta Vigo. Okay. Because Fair enough. boy, did they have some problems. Fair enough. Um Kemavinga got a goal on his debut, by the way. He did. My boy.
0: You he know, looked pretty nervous. There were a lot of there were a lot of missed passes. Um and thanks to being, no, he now didn't I play do. for
1: long. Like, no, he, he doesn't. doesn't speak and you can't
0: judge him. He's eighteen, and and I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah. saying he looked nervous because obviously it's a dream club and, and all that. So don't judge mm. him. What I'm saying is don't ju- really don't worried. judge him or misjudge him on these poor performances if he does have any. He's eighteen, for yeah. God's sake. He was born that's in 2002. Exactly. Oh,
1: that's stupid, bro. Stop. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> can't even believe that. All right. We are running so heavy. Let's... Uh, yeah, speaking of underweight... Weather. We still have four groups, bro. Speaking of
0: underdogs, Barcelona are taking on Bayern Munich tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. This is... Um,
1: I, the over-under is set at 8-2. Um, yeah. If a team with Messi in it lost 8-2 to a team that has not got any worse versus a team that the loser has got so much worse, it's never going to be another 8-2. But there's... There it, it it's gonna be convincing, right? Like Barça are gonna totally. to get the crap beat out of them again.
0: Yeah, I think I think Barça should and and probably I think that's what they're trying to do is put their ego aside and try to play like a team. And I just think that you've lost now Griezmann, and he wasn't really doing much at Barcelona anyway, but you've lost that depth. Um, I don't know when is coming back, but I mean. You're kind of banking they on lost Memphis, Luke de Jong, dude. and... and Braithwaite
1: started. got knee surgery. Yeah. So now exactly. they have only Memphis.
0: And Luke de Jong. It's
1: going to be Memphis, Frankie, Pedri, and that's it. So it's just going to be Bayern versus like a, like a five-a-side team for Barca. Yeah. And I just don't see it going that well for them. Now, let's talk a little bit about this group. And obviously, we shouldn't dedicate as much time as we did as we have been going because we're obviously we're running super yeah, we're heavy, running heavy. as per as per usual um but let's look at this group okay Bayern munich barcelona benfica and dynamo kiev the winning team here is uh benfica then Bayern, <laughs> then barca and then dynamo obviously i love me some benfica and i saw the qualifiers <laughs> bro they did it they nice. did it in their qualifying time but Bayern Munich are, I would say, restored to the level of favorites that they were, maybe not two seasons ago, because they were, like, really, really good then. But I think they've gotten better. Uh, Even though they lost David Alaba, there are some defensive concerns, obviously. But they've added very, very good players, too.
0: They really have. And they're
1: already good players, I would say, have gotten even better. better. You know, so... It's hard to pick, a, it's hard to like realistically find a, a somebody to compete with Bayern right now, especially in the group stage. I just don't, I think we're gonna like, we'll have to re examine this in the quarterfinal, the round of um, yeah, quarterfinal, right? Cause even the round of 16, you'd fancy them yeah. to smash pretty much anybody. But the big game in this group is Barcelona and Bayern. But I wanna ask you, for all that Barcelona are, and they do still have some bright spots, right? Pedri's still outstanding. Frankie, the is all attending. Atsufati coming back is great. Defensively, they're in shambles. They can't play certain midfielders. Offensively, they have like no, they have no depth. They have nobody to play. I don't even know yeah. who they're gonna play. Is it possible that Benfica finish higher than Barcelona?
0: Is it possible? For sure, it's possible. I just, I'd like to think that Barcelona are gonna be second in this group, and it's gonna be tight. I'm not right. gonna say it's, they're convincingly second. I'm just gonna say that. Um, Benfica, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're gonna be better enough against Barcelona um, to actually finish above them in this group. And that's that's just it. I think I fancy Benfica in front of Dynamo. Obviously, don't fancy them or either of them against Bayern, any literally any team in this group. I don't fancy them out of Bayern. Um so Bayern are gonna be clear favorites, and I think it's gonna be between Barcelona and Benfica, and it's just gonna be about the head to head between them, right? So it's just yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Barcelona slightly edge it, but I would not be surprised at all if Benfica finishes second in this group.
1: There's nothing that would make me happier than to see Benfica go through, especially over, because it would have to be over a giant, right? Yeah. Barcelona are still riding their name a little bit, but Barcelona objectively have much better players than Benfica, much better players. But they're on fire. It is a forest fire. In a, right? in a bad way, yeah. It is way, a yeah, dumpster yeah. fire, right? So I'm gravely concerned for Barcelona that they don't make it out of this group. And if they I mean Barcelona and Europa League, that would just be something silly, right? Like, uh, what honestly is going for them,
0: I would rather finish fourth.
1: Probably, right? But dude, I mean, do you think don't they win bother. the Europa League? Like just hypothetically, no. if Barcelona dropped to the Europa League, you don't even, I don't, yeah. I don't even America,
0: think so. We're not even that good. Europa League is I, very competitive. <laughs>
1: It's very competitive yeah. and Barcelona are really not that good and they have good players, but they have also a lot of bad players and it's really going to hamper them when they start to meet real quality. And the fact is Bayern Munich, they're going to have still nightmares uh, of playing them. And I just don't see where goals. And, and I mean, uh, Memphis can't do Memphis everything. Aside, I yeah, Memphis love to, right. Memphis is going to be able to deliver as much as he possibly can. He's a very, very good player. My boy for like eight years now, but How much can he actually help this team this year? Can he step up and fill Messi's boots? The answer is he's going to do his best, but he's not that player. He's not that good. Defensively, Barcelona have a ton of concerns, and if they change their system to be making sure they don't concede, they're going to lose a lot of flair. They're going to lose a lot of what people like about them, and if they're just being boring and trying to, you know, tough out wins when they're flat broke, like it's a big problem right now for them. We've addressed this before, but. I, as much as I love Benfica, I still think that where there's a will, there's a way. And that Pedri and Ansu Fati and Memphis and... Who's going to carry um, this team through? And Frankie and Busquets. Like, they still have tremendous quality. will carry the team through, even though they're going to get beat up bad by Byron. I would say, and this is just uh, unofficial prediction, easily 4 no. I would say yeah. easily 4-0 Byron beat them.
0: No, I would agree with that assessment.
1: 100%. Uh, but that, and sorry to Dynamo because Dynamo will probably be better than Benfica, quite honestly. I think <laughs> Dynamo are going to be slept on um, as they as they typically are. But the underdogs in this competition are here to do damage, right? So yep. the way that I have this group lining up, we've been pretty on par so far with our predictions: Bayern Munich, Barcelona. I'm going to say Benfica, my boys, and then Dynamo. Um, but tremendous room for upset here.
0: No, absolutely, and. You know, like you said, Dynamo could still pull something. Like there are no, there are no shockers in the Champions League because there are always shockers in the Champions League, and that's just kind of what
1: yep. it is. Yeah.
0: Uh, group F. Atlanta,
1: Manchester United, Villarreal, and Young Boys. Okay, so pretty competitive too. <laughs> right? Like Young Boys are not going to be, uh, are not going to get out of this group. But the rest of them, this is proper. United have taken a big step up with their transfers in the offseason. Atalanta, are perennial uh, Champions League club for the last number of years in this area. And Villarreal caused you guys some proper nightmares, right? But yeah. this is not in the Europa League. So let's just address this off the top. Man United, Villarreal, how does how do these fixtures, because you're going to play them twice now, not in a knockout style just yeah. yet. How do these fixtures change? And have United's transfers uh, up them to a level where they can convincingly beat uh, this team once and for all?
0: Yes, because you know why the players that started that match are now on the bench, and that's mm. simply it. We started with Cavani, and um, I think we started with Martial. And Rashford is injured, but that, you know that's that's beside the point. Those players are on the bench. Juan Mata is on the bench. Um, we can even actually have Mason Greenwood on the bench. The problem that we had against Villarreal is that, A, they made it very very difficult for us, but we literally had no one on the bench to throw on to change the game. And that was a massive problem. And we've said that multiple times on this this podcast, so we won't go very deep into it. But now we can feel the starting 11 that has those names I just mentioned on the bench. Uh, And if we need a game changer, then we can look to the bench to change the game. And I think that we've increased the quality of our lineup in three positions um, that were three of the four most important positions that we needed to level up in. And mm-hmm. you can't expect anything less than topping this group. Atalanta is going to come at us and they're going to come at us uh, at our defense um, to try and actually play counter attacks. And, and obviously we're going to have Maguire and Varane really high up on that pitch. So they will come at us and try to score. Varial is going to do the exact opposite. They're going to do what Newcastle did yesterday or a couple days ago and just try to sit yeah. back and, and, just challenge they're us much to score. better at it. They're, they're much, much better, better at, it. at it, but I think I fancy us enough now with our transfers to actually find a way through. And um,
1: yeah, the other yeah. thing is that you never know if the Villarreal captain or excuse me, uh keeper will have Ronaldo captain in fantasy like the Newcastle <laughs> because that was quite clear. I, and I want to get back to the Champions League in a second, but I do want to talk about United and Ronaldo's, you know, second debut. Um, for United. Tell me a little bit about that Newcastle performance because like what did you think about Bruno specifically? How he played in that game? He scored a great penalty. I think it was like twenty four yards. Yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Massive. And massive penalty. I want to I want to talk about a few things in particular with United before we get back to the Champions League. Pogba and that insane stat that you know I'm gonna bring up. And Mason Greenwood,
0: bro. Like I love him so he's much. He's
1: great. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about let's start with Ronaldo. Uh how's that for a, for a re debut?
0: Oh, it couldn't have been better. I think the only thing that would have made it better if he got a hat trick. Again, seeing right. that his only United hat trick came against Newcastle, so that that would have just been funny as hell. Um, yeah. But that he, it almost seemed inevitable that he would open the scoring, right? And it almost seemed yeah. inevitable that he would be the difference maker. And to mm-hmm. be 36 years old and and completely outpace all of their defense for his second goal was phenomenal. And it's just you it's kind of like the prodigal son returns and it's it would the vibes were immaculate i don't even think i remember the tactics from the game i don't even think i remember anything from the game other than just the vibes in the atmosphere because i hadn't heard or seen anything like this atmosphere in in years honestly mm-hmm. um and it was just it was it was amazing to see and i think people are too quick to to talk about Jane and Sancho, I think he played all right. I don't think he impacted the game too much, either negatively or positively. Um, I think people should just chill and remember that he went from, he left from the England camp because he had a niggle. So maybe he's coming back from that. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think that... I want to talk about him too. We changed something in the second half that we didn't really see in the first half. So that might've been part of the team talk, is that um, Newcastle was really narrow and they were challenging us to... Try and, and go out wide, but we didn't. And Luke Shaw didn't really do much in, in his crossing. Mason Greenwood obviously kind of came inside and Jane and Sancho in the first half came inside, but he started to look for those overlaps a little bit in the second half. And I think that's what changed it uh, for us in the second half and what made it more open, even though that they scored against us because like I said, Maguire and Varane were in their half of the pitch. Um, so as as right. a game and as, as a day out, it was amazing. Um, and I just... It feels different, obviously, having someone like Ronaldo on your team because it's kind of like a cheat card that you know that it's. Yeah. If 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 it's going badly, like Ronaldo is inevitable. Um, It's a great plan A
1: and plan B, right? Where it's exactly
0: just give Michael Jordan plan A is to get him
1: right, and then plan B is like, well, give it to Ronaldo. We we need you to get it to him, and he's like, "Cool, all right, I got this,
0: guy." Yeah, Um, and without chemistry, I was excited to see that they even played this well and there were no yeah. doubts in my mind that Bruno was going to be able to play with Ronaldo because we know yeah. that he's yeah. going to be and it was it was kind of weird because now that I think about it in the first half they were kind of like playing a front two with no support on the width um mm. and that support came in the second half I was actually I wouldn't have been upset if below came on instead, instead of Juan bissaka to just ping in crosses because we all know Ronaldo right. like air CR7 would have just been all over that um yeah but yeah you you had something to say
1: I do. My concern, and you know, because I've addressed this long before Sancho, and I'm I'm certainly not ready to say, you know, I told you so yet, because I, I'm not ready to write off Sancho just yet, right? He's played for me a times, and he's yeah. still very, very young. But the concerns that I had are starting to show, right? Where it's like, it's now been four games where he hasn't, and you said he hasn't influenced for better or for worse, but you could argue that because he hasn't influenced it for better, he hasn't had the impact that, that the team would have liked. Now that's just been canceled out by the fact that Pogba has created two <laughs> chances and assisted seven goals. That's absurd, right? Yeah. That output cannot and will not continue forever. That just happens to be a very, very good little streak that is making United look very, very good right now. But I don't know once those, you know, cause United, it's impossible to be that clinical, right? You remember a couple of seasons ago when Greenwood was like scoring with every goal, we were thinking, okay, He's going to have the greatest conversion rate ever and score 100 billion goals if he keeps doing this because it's impossible, right? Expected yeah. goal to assist, your expected goal ratio to actual amount of goals you score can never be 1.0, right? It always has to be It's just absurd. Yeah. Mason Greenwood has been, you know, since then, dropped and then is now coming back up. Um, Pogba, at this rate, would have a billion assists, and it's stupid because you remember, I think I sent this in, in the group chat, somebody figured out how many you're supposed to have more chances created than you do assist, right? Cause yeah, you yeah, can't be that clinical. Someone said if Paul, if, if uh, Kevin De Bruyne, a few seasons ago when he won player of the year, not this season, but the season yeah. prior, if he had had the same uh, chance created to assist ratio that Pogba has right now, he would have had 95 assists. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and like it just in the Premier League. No, it's like, ridiculous. Okay, oh, now, the, the caveat of that is that Pug was played in like four games and is 13 assists away from tying the record, or 14 from breaking the record, which yeah. at this rate seems very, very likely. Now, my suggestion is that it can't continue at this rate forever because eventually you, you just won't be converting those same amount of chances. My concern is that it's masquerading over other issues, which is that can, you know, what what's Pug going to look like when those... 'Cause now the stats are there, right? If he had seven assists on the whole season, people would be like, ah, Okay, it was a pretty good season. Or like, he's gone in ah. the
0: last two seasons combined. So
1: Exactly. When you're like, Okay, he had four he had seven of them in the first four games and then none in the next thirty-six, you'd be like, mm, or thirty-four games. You'd be like, mm, dude, what the hell happened there? I'm not saying he's gonna have that steep a of drop off. I'm just saying right now it's it gonna seems like things are going really well for United where they need to be. But they're still steps away from being uh, you know, the cataclysmic side that that they can probably end up being if they had a sixth um, but that's neither here nor there that's just kind of how I feel about about how United are doing right now. I would still agree with you. I still think they would probably top this group. Um, yeah we can do a deep dive on them if,
0: if people want like I obviously yeah. would have no problems in that maybe later on when we have a bigger picture of the of the season
1: Yeah, we, of course and we're, we're going to talk about United a billion times yeah because this, this is all
0: hypothetical, hypothetical at the moment.: yeah it's just it's fun to be hypothetical. Um, that's what we live for right.
1: Atalanta, Villarreal, how do you see those two playing out? How do you see the rest of this group going out? I Now, you might suggest Villarreal will take third so they can go back and get the Champions League again, but do you think that they, could, they are actually a better side than Atalanta uh, and can finish second?
0: I don't. I don't think so because mm. I think Atalanta are, like I said with Liverpool, they are better suited to beat more teams than Villarreal are, and that's why I have yeah. Atalanta second. It's just... I think that they can go to Villarreal and win, and they can go to young boys and clearly win, and it's not going to be an issue for them over two legs between those teams. Um, but Villarreal, I think that they might struggle to break down uh, Atalanta because, um, you know, Atalanta is going to make it open, and that's what their games always have goals. But I think Atalanta always outscore Villarreal, and that's that's the top and bottom of it from my point of view. And I think Villarreal. If young boys just play like Villar always do, then young boys might be able to get a draw out of this and um, and shock everyone. And I, honestly, I don't think Villar would be the most upset team if they got Europa League anyway. So it's a win-win-win for that, all.
1: That's fair. Um, I don't disagree with your argument. I just disagree with the outcome. I, I agree with the with the logic. I just think that Villarreal. I wonder how they're going to set up differently in a group stage game than they would in a knockout fixture. Yeah but I would imagine if they're playing to not lose, which is probably not the smartest thing to do in a group stage, then they won't be beat. And that means that they won't let the other teams beat them either. Now you could say, well, that means that Atlanta would be young boys and then they'd go through. I understand that logic. I'm just going to say, you know what? Villarreal, I just saw them as the runners up or, um, you know, like as one of the best teams here in Europe. And so I think that, Maybe they're not a Champions League, like a top sixteen club, but are Atalanta? Like I, I don't know. Mm, I think this question. group has some teams right in it that are not necessarily the uh, the best we've seen. Yeah. And Villarreal getting back to that place in the Europa League is probably where they are comfortable being, but I don't think that's where they want to be in the end. I think that they yeah, want I think to they be want progress, playing in the in the Champions League and to be you know. Uh, kinda like through what Sevilla. So went I'm through. gonna back them. Yeah. I think that they can finish. What's that?
0: I said it's kind of like what Sevilla went through uh, for a couple seasons there. Right.
1: Yeah. Like Villarreal are, seem to be champions of that, but really, it's what we have to remember is that it's it's Unai Emery who's the champion of that, right? And so when we get to Sevilla, who I think are in our next group here, um, then we can reassess this. And the, to be honest, the argument is going to be very similar. Um, Sevilla, can we? Are we comfortable moving on to Group G?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, yeah.
1: Sevilla, I would say, and and just for for those who don't know, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, Salzburg, and Lille make up this group. This group makes me upset. If this group is in the <laughs> Europa League, no one about it. And I
0: right? Like that's been very very. That's very here. true. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Um, Wolfsburg have emerged. Sevilla and, are perennially one of those. Fourth best team in Spain, right? Like a proper, right. not necessarily a favorite of a Champions League competition, but definitely predicted to go far in the Europa League competition. Yes, right. Um, that being said, meeting Salzburg, who are the Austrian talent factory, part of the part of the Red uh, the Leipzig, fam- yeah. part of the Red Bull family, and Lille, who are the French champions. This group presents a tremendous amount of competition. How it goes through. I'm not sure. I really don't know.
0: (laughs) I really don't know. And that that could just be it. Like, I can see all 16 different variations happen here. Right? mm. Because I I just think that... It could be anything. Yeah. Lila's obviously mm. not going to continue that momentum that they had from last year. They lost
1: their manager, bro. Their manager did great last season. Right? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, literally.
0: And then Sevilla... I think Sevilla are obviously going to make it through. I just don't know if it's going to be first or second. And mm. uh, Wolfsburg is kind of like a, like a bogey team. You never know what you're going to get from them because every Something once a in a locker. while. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I really... No, they're,
1: they're top of the Bundesliga right now, uh, Wolfsburg. Okay, so if we're but, going on form, which might yeah. be what we have to look at with this group right now, um, then maybe they maybe Wolfsburg can be, can be that team. I have lost a lot of faith in Lille. And it yeah. pains me to say because I like them a lot. My career mode team, bro. They're so exciting they offered a lot last season and they were very hard to break through and they went across 38 weeks and edged out PSG. That is no small feat, right? No. So we have to keep in mind what that actually means for them. But now it's just not the same squad and, and Barak Gilmaz is another year older and, and so too is Jonathan David, who's fantastic, but I don't know if he's at the level yet to be a difference maker in the Champions League, even in a group stage. Because of that, I can't see uh, Lille progressing very far in this. I, I really don't. Yeah. I think on form, Sevilla and Wolfsburg will be the teams to beat in here. And I think that I will back Sevilla as, just because we know them a little bit more. And even though Wolfsburg might be on better form, and maybe they're going to surprise us all and be like a, a proper team and just continue and change the form into momentum that actually – translates to class yeah but you're not going to get with Sevilla though yeah Sevilla exactly we know what we're going to get from them and so I think I would have Sevilla topping this group with Wolfsburg finishing second then Lille I can see Lille finishing bottom, dude I think that Salzburg are going to be again very like exciting and they were Europa League team last year they didn't do great things but I think I'm a little bit more invested in what Salzburg have to offer than what lila are right now because right. right now right now specifically are not a team that are in great in a great place
0: i would uh just to make it interesting i'll say it's sevilla salzburg wolfsburg and leal and then we can just move on from that like i just i just want to make okay. it interesting and, and not be beige and have the same predictions anyway
1: all right and group h which is the final group and the last group before we wrap up this awesome episode in no particular order Malmo, Zenit, Juve, and Chelsea.
0: A couple of big names in there. Yeah, a couple of big definitely. names. You got the Champions League um, holders. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like, what would be the bigger story here, right? Because obviously, the the two big dogs are who we have to look at here. Is the focus on Chelsea to repeat the Champions League? or on Juve to to actually start to establish themselves as contenders in this? Because I'll be honest with you,
0: man. like They have not performed well. I think they only have one point from three games so far.
1: Yeah. You remember what I said about Allegri um, just privately to you a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago? Would have been a few days ago because we didn't know that Juve would be underwhelming up to this yeah. point. Allegri is a manager predicated on results, no matter how they come. So it's not always, it's not always interesting. In fact, at times it's straight up boring. Yeah. And that was why um, Juve fans a couple of seasons ago were like, okay, it's great to win, but like, I, I don't want to win like this. Like I want our team to be exciting. And so Juve switched it up. They brought in somebody who they thought could be interesting and youthful and exciting. And under the Ronaldo, you know, tenure, they did okay. The Ronaldo, Maybe you could argue he did a lot to help them. They maybe did what was expected of them. Yeah, he, he did. You, no one could say he disappointed, yeah. but maybe he didn't take them to the heights that they would have liked to have to have hit. That being said, if we explore that further, there might be a reason, right? Now that Allegri's back, what we know is that he's playing the same football that he used to, which is trying to get results, but he hasn't been getting results. And this is a very, very dangerous area to be if you are a manager predicated on getting results over the style of play in which you do it and you don't get the results, you don't have a long window to figure nope. it out. It's gonna be because very grim. fans are like, okay, now this performance suck and we're not winning. This is yeah. a lose-lose.
0: True. That's very true. Um, I think it's a very dangerous position to be in for Allegri. And I think they have to figure it out. And I don't know if, if there are too many familiar faces in that dressing room to make him and his... Style at Juve a little bit stale, and I hope for his sake mm. it isn't. I just hope that they can figure it out and actually be the Juventus that we know. Because if Juventus end up in the Europa League or even fourth, that's that's just going to be very laughable. Yeah. yeah, and you start to yeah. wonder if if Ronaldo was papering over the cracks a little bit over there um, with players just not not having the like the ability or the not the ability, just the mental capacity to to do this week in week out.
1: Right, and not being on the level that Juve ought to be at, right? Because yeah, I think most of us would at, probably yeah. have Juve pretty high up on our uh, where we'd have them finishing in the Serie A this year. But that's predicated on getting results. That's what Allegri does. That's true. I think that he'll figure it out. He's a, he's a very good manager uh, for doing that. But if I don't think that this fixture of Chelsea versus Juve is anywhere near as exciting as the name, the name value yeah. hypes it up to be. I think that Chelsea are way better, like so no, they're walking much better than Juve right now that I think, yeah, I think Chelsea will go like six for six in this group. And, and furthermore, Wouldn't I don't even think that the analysis should be towards the group. I, and I think, you know, you can have it in whichever order you want of probably Malmo finishes last because I think they're one of the weakest sides in the competition.
0: Um With Zenit being in the in the Zenit position. Zenit are just
1: like a comfortable Europa League spot and you'd fancy
0: Juve to finish second here. Just on quality alone.
1: Right. But Chelsea... I think, as I mentioned to when I when we first started talking about this, I think are the Achilles heel to PSG, and now they got their striker too. I think that's a big problem for everybody else, and I can't say definitively that they will win the league because I think with what we just saw from PSG, I think everybody has to kind of say, okay, like this is PSG's to lose. Yeah. But last year we didn't expect Chelsea to win the Champions League, especially when Lampard was in charge. <laughs> that was only last year. For now sure, how far they've come from that. Oh from my there. goodness! It seems like there's not a great way to break Chelsea down. And if they can shut teams out and then go on the other end and score, I don't. I literally, I don't know. So who's for stop everyone him. else. Yeah. No. I literally don't there. know who's going to stop them.
0: It would. It would need to take a, some brilliance from from Lionel Messi or like Kevin De Bruyne or someone like that. Like it, it would need that yeah. kind of level of player to be the difference maker in a very, very yep. tight and horrible game to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's just <laughs> it, you know? Like, I think there's not too much to dissect in this. I think it will be very interesting to see how Juve actually are going to play. Um, and I, I hope that Juve actually can give us what we expect of them. And, you know, just challenge Chelsea a little bit, mm. like make it interesting, even though we know that you're probably going to lose, just make the game interesting and don't just fold right. like we all expect you at the moment to uh, to do. So uh, it, it wraps up, I think, what is a, going to be a very interesting um, bunch of groups in the Champions League, and that kicks off tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> tomorrow, that's super bro. exciting. Um, and yeah, we're going to see how that goes.
1: I can't wait, and I can't wait to like reexamine it because in the coming weeks and months and stuff, we're going to be talking all about how the Champions League is progressing. Uh, obviously, we'll have like a proper recap when when it finishes, and then it'll return in February as it always does, um, discussing what's going on across Europe's top five leagues. Coming up, we're going to do an episode discussing the the FIFA ratings and stuff. I'm very excited about that. Um, we're also going to do some preview episodes of what instead of rebuilding teams because I don't think many teams need rebuilding right now. I think we've done a good yeah. job at, at assessing them all. We're going to do a prediction episode. We're going to say what this club nice. will look like in five years or blowing up this team like we did with Lille uh, not long ago. So I'm excited to get through all of those. Though this one uh, is now finished. Episode 108 of the Jersey Wall podcast has come to an end. Brethren, where can we find more from you?
0: You can find me on Instagram at minadalkali 98 And uh, for now you can find me on twitter if you can uh, if you can find me i'll give you a follow back
1: boom you can find me on instagram at the nathan santos and everywhere else at Master @masterchefne including on youtube where you can find special bonus clips on our uh, youtube channel of bro talk of extra jersey wall stuff and all that fun stuff as always we are sponsored by elmontyouthsoccer.com start building your own jersey wall collection over at elmontyouthsoccer.com use promo code tjw10 to save 10%. Brethren, thank you again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Excited for 109. Well, me too, dude. Guys, thank you as always for joining and for listening. I uh, will see you next week back here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby.
0: Woo!